Welcome to After the Paycheck, the series dedicated to helping people to and through the retirement process. I'm your host, Adam Bly. This week, I am here with Sam Lang, founding partner here at Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners, and a very good friend. I like the jacket you're wearing today. Just for you, buddy. Just, just, just for this episode of ATP. <laughs> he came in He came in wearing a polo and he said, you know what, I got to dress up for this episode. You know, I actually was in the closet today and I was going to put another sweater and we went from wearing faux suits and ties to no ties to jackets only. Now it's like sweater and t-shirt. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to put a jacket on. Today. Yeah, it's it's the weather. I mean, it's New England weather, so it's going to be whoever any day of the week. But uh, we had the running gag that like I, every time I wear something, it's like plaid related. So. I've seen that shirt before. It goes, I actually <laughs> I actually had to pull it out of my dry cleaning cover today. And I was ah. like, okay, I know I haven't worn this in a while. It looks very crisp, it starch. It looks good. It's, I know, right? It's kind of hard to move around in. In <laughs> um, this episode of After the paycheck, we're going to discuss uh, five, when I say five tips for making a retirement income drawdown strategy. This is an article that we saw online and you and I kind of both yep. read it and we said, okay, there's some good things that we can address in this episode. But before we get into the episode itself, and the author does a good point about a good point of the of noting this is that before you get into retirement, it's not just as simple as like, oh, hey, like I, I was working and now I'm not, now I have to figure this out. There's a big mental shift that-, that Big has mindset. Happen. Right, yeah. a big mindset change that has to happen. I mean, it's clearly not like as easy as flipping a, a light switch, right? You go from on to off. Right. I mean, think about it. If you go from working 25, 30 years of your life doing maybe the same old thing, or maybe you've had 10 different jobs, right. but you're on that mindset of, I got to work. I got to put a few buckle, uh, uh, shuckles aside. Yeah. I got to save a little bit more money, and I'll use in that someday down the road to all of a sudden that someday down the road right. is here. Right. So you just can't turn it off from saving, saving, saving to spending, spending, spending. Right. You know, I think it I think probably one of the most overlooked and often sort of not thought about too much part of the retirement planning process is how to actually draw down income. How do you again, sounds simple, it should be easy to do. How right. do you spend your money? So um, and I think you know, just going back to being creatures of habit, it's, it's hard to set that mental mindset to, I want to spend some money. I mean, just, I was just, we're renewing our lease here, and I remembered the first time I came to this building. Our, our, our office previous is literally around the corner. It's in the same office park. <laughs> but the first day I was supposed to come here, I, because I was driving to the same old parking lot for 10 years, I ended up in the old office parking lot, and I got out. I'm like, wow, I'm in the wrong building. Try and put your keys right? in the old door. <laughs> Just because you're used to doing the same old thing over and over. So yep. I think it's really important to first to have that mental mind, mindness, mindset yeah. to be on, I'm going to spend some money. But as you said, the author of the, the, the article that we looked over, there, there are certain things we have to just be aware of. Right. You made a good point. Like, like you know, you, you flick a switch. You go from working to not working. But again, your mind. So maybe your eyes have to adjust to that to that darkness. You know yeah, what I mean, maybe that's exactly. a good way to put that. Good like, analogy. There's yeah, yeah. There's like you said. There's that mental mind shift that you yeah. kind of have to go through. And that's something that I think that we're gonna kind of. <clears throat> I think that's gonna be kind of what you discuss as we're going through. I'm thinking okay. I'll just go over what they gave for the tips, and you can discuss kind of maybe some variables you can think of, sure. or maybe Let's some reasons why it might okay. it might not be a good tip. So the first one they had was uh, account for inflation. Inflation. We all know the word. We all know right. what it means. Something basically, we've discussed before, yeah. Yeah, you know, things cost more over time, mm -hmm. and your purchasing power decreases over time. Right. So you have to earn X in order to keep up with inflation. Right. Uh, inflation's been running at, a, and I did some research last year from 2020 to 2021, 
it ran at 1.68%. Okay. But over time, I think the rule of thumb, and I know Ryan talked a little bit about the rule of thumbs and yep. you just got to be careful how you use it, but it's always been about 3%. Right. So it's like, hey, at least you have to earn 3% with your money to keep right. pace with inflation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But it's really, it just really comes down to things costing more and more. And we know the difference between, you know, supply and demand. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm going to use an example, which is sort of way out there. It's not just about inflation, but about supply and demand. Um, I watched this thing on Chronicle the other day, and we're just talking about how expensive the price of lumber has gotten. Oh, my goodness. I could tell you about that. I read it Right, to go to Home Depot <laughs> to buy a, you know, sheet of... Uh, um, um, plywood, it's, it's like, yeah. you know, 60 bucks instead of 1999 or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And, and the, the average cost of lumber has increased over 130% in the last year. I believe you know, that. When the pandemic started, people, you know, started to put the brakes on. Well, nobody's going to be doing anything. They're not going to be building houses. Yep. Well, they were very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody went anywhere. So they did improve home improvements and mm -hmm. they built houses and and as you can see, locally, the, the price of real estate has gone through the roof. Yeah. So the cost of building things costs more and more. And, and I'm using that example because if you set aside, say, $100,000 to do the you know, new addition to your house, and you're doing it right now, you need more than hundred grand because things cost more and more. Now you might need $120,000. Yep. So no differently than going through life in retirement when that paycheck stops and you had X amount of dollars to you know, buy things, you have to understand that that money has to actually grow a little bit because the price of things will cost more and more over time. Right, right. You, yeah, you made a very good point about how like, the um, supply and demand chain can change overnight. Like overnight, that. yeah. That's, that's really important to, yeah. to consider. Um, tip number two was choose the best pension payout. And I know that not everyone has a pension payout option, but for those that do, what, what makes this, how many people have an option when they have pensions? If you have a pension option, first and foremost, you're pretty lucky. Yeah. You'll feel good about having that. Sometimes I hear people say, oh, you know, my pension isn't that big or the, the, I'm only getting $800 a month. Whatever the number is, it's a lot more than I'm getting and a lot more than right? you're getting. Yeah. So a pension in itself is just a wonderful thing. I've always said that. I still believe it today. And I don't know what percentage, but you know, some people still have that luxury of actually having to make a decision when they retire. Maybe they work for the state of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Maybe they worked for a company that still has a defined benefit plan. Um, it's an important decision. You know, it's not, well, let me decide three days before I stop working. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure out how I'm gonna take it. Um, a lot of the things really decide on, it's what's best is based on, one, your health. Right, your life expectancy. Okay. Um, not only is it your life expectancy, if you have beneficiaries, maybe their life expectancy. So every choice has advantages and disadvantages. Um, if you take a look at a single life option, meaning you, ha you have a pension, they're going to say, okay, we'll pay you X amount of dollars, but we're only going to pay it to Adam. Okay. And if Adam passes away, nobody else is going to get a nickel. But if you look at that withdrawal uh, percentage. Yep. And sometimes people come to us, prospective clients come to us and, hey, you know, what should I be doing? And you look at that drawdown percentage, it's pretty good. You know, it's maybe, I've seen ones that, that are as high as eight to nine percent. 
Wow. Right? So if you got a million dollars lump sum option, you can take out eighty or ninety thousand dollars a year for the rest of your life. life. Wow. And you crunch numbers and you have to look at that person and say, you know what, that's pretty pretty darn good. Yeah. But that said, if that person passes away, that eighty or ninety thousand dollar a year pension it doesn't go gone. Gotcha. So what if that person is married? Right. What if that person is married to a spouse that's you know five or ten years younger than he or she, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and you want to make sure that person gets income for the rest of their lives even after you go. What if you have beneficiaries that could really use the money? You know, could okay. use a lump sum payout. So as as like every decision in life, there's pros and cons, mm-hmm. and and um, pension options have advantages and disadvantages, and I think it's just really important to understand each one. Sort of go through it with a financial professional. You know, here's my situation. Yeah, it's not just a across the board answer. Um, but if you have a pension and you have an option of getting a lifetime payout, congratulations! It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, you made a really good point in about like kind of variables that go in that make each situation unique. And I, I like how you said like, there's no like blanket response like yes no, or no definitely to these not. things. Yeah. And and I mean, if you've ever watched an episode, you've learned this by now. But like. You said like with the with the pension payouts, like oh your marital status that matters as factoring into your decision there. Sure. Like oh okay, am I married? Am I single? Do I have kids? Like what are those other options? Do you have other retirement <clears throat> accounts that might play a factor into this or that? Absolutely. Or yeah. Um, that's those are two things that just off the top of my head. That as soon as you started going over like those variables, I'm like oh my goodness, like. I'm looking at this reading like, okay, you just have to pick, you know, A, B, or C. Yeah, it's, for your it's that easy. It's and actually it's, not. It's, right. You know, the, the the flip side is that having that paycheck, having that pension, having that guaranteed income source, not only for a year or five years or 30 years, but literally for the rest of your life right. is a really important thing. So because it's such an important decision, don't, don't just take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Do some research. You right. know, do some due diligence. Spend some time in making sure that you choose the right option for yourself. Right. You just said something that kind of ties into option number three, which is like that guaranteed income and that social security benefits is another tip that they provide. Make mm-hmm. sure you have the right decision based on that. And I know that t- talks about like, oh, like, should you take it earlier or later? Uh, should you turn on yours versus your spouse's and stuff like that? And I don't know if you have any other like tips or suggestions. Yeah, I mean, kind of like the pension thing, your your health and your family's health history is a, is a really big factor in making making that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a recent report from Capital One, and you know, we know this, we've heard, we've said it many times, yeah. we've probably heard other people say it, delay, delay, delay to your 70, you'll get more, you know, you get right. more money over time. And the, and the report was that if you actually delayed it till age 70, on average, let me see, what was that report on average? If you waited till age 70, in the in the totality of payments over your lifetime, you mm-hmm. get an extra about ten percent more. Wow! Right. So if you were going to get throughout your life expectancy, say a million dollars, you know, forty grand a year times twenty years, whatever that that number, right. uh, eight hundred million bucks. If it was a million, ten percent more is an extra hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a pretty big number. Right. The average family, in, uh, according to that report, would get about thirty four hundred dollars a year more Ooh. in benefits. Now that all sounds great, but should you wait till age 70, right? What if, what if you're not in great health? What yeah. if your family history is not fantastic? What if you have um, you know, a terminal illness? Well, maybe you should take 
that Social Security benefit early rather than wait and you could have more money over time, over your life expectancy. Right. Because in that example, maybe your life expectancy isn't that long. Uh, it's something that just popped up. Let's say I am trying to, to delay it till 70 and I pass away suddenly at 68. Would my spouse be able to claim my Social Security benefits? Yeah, this spousal benefits, okay. absolutely. So there, you know, obviously more goes into that equation and, 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 how, to, and how to figure it out. But again, right. like deciding on what pension option, you should work with a financial professional, get some input, mm-hmm. you know, have some dialogue and do, and do some research and due diligence to see what's the best. I mean, there's a lot of people, I think sometimes you have that mindset again, going back to mindset. I've worked all my life, you know, I'm 62, I'm, gonna, I'm eligible, let me, let me just grab it. Well, it actually could hurt you more than it can help you. Because right. number one, if you grab it early, Again, study shows, all these reports that people read. If you take it at early at age 62, mm-hmm. your benefit is decreased, not increased, but decreased by about 30% right. versus if you waited to full retirement age at about 67 years old. Yep. So, you know, getting 30% less for the rest of your life is, <laughs> is not a great situation. Right. Um, the second thing is what we see often is people just grab it. I'm eligible, but I'm still going to work. And it actually throws them into... Um, it creates that tax, that provisional mm-hmm. income. It creates that tax on that Social Security benefit. So now they're getting the two thousand dollars. They're paying tax on right. fifteen hundred of the two thousand. <laughs> they turn around and they have a lot less, and they put in the bank earning, you know, point two percent. Right. But they were able to grab it. So it sometimes it doesn't make sense. That's why you have to really go through that analysis. If I start taking early at 62 and I mm-hmm. get a, like that reduced payment, if I had not waited till full retirement age, when I get to full retirement age, does that, do I then start getting the full amount or is it just a cost of living adjustment from what Cost of living taking? adjustment. So if yeah. you start at that, you know, like you said, that 30% of- You got the you, decrease, you're gonna get the cost of living adjustment, whatever it is, one, 1%, 30%. 2%, yeah. but it's gonna be that cost of living adjustment on that much smaller number. Wow, that's yeah. okay. You and know, really, I, mean, I don't think it's very well known. Sorry for cutting you off. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Just I think a lot of times, just people. You know, again, you got to sit down. You have to have, you got to do the numbers. Yeah. You know, if you if you have, maybe you have a good nest egg. Maybe, maybe, you know, your brother said he took it early, and that's what you should do. But your savings is substantially more than your brother's savings. Right. And maybe for the in the short term, not having that Social Security benefit. But you have enough savings, you can make ends meet. More than making ends meet, you have enough income right. to let that Social Security benefit grow by from now from full retirement age to age seventy. If you delay taking that benefit, it grows at an increase of eight percent more a year. Right. So if you're going to get a thousand, it's not a thousand; it's a thousand and eight, yeah. and so on. So it could substantially, you know, be a much better number. Yeah. So again, it's really on a case by case basis. That's why we always encourage people to, you know, just just do some research rather than just making out. That kind of Adam did it. I'm going to do it that way, right? And, yeah. and that kind of goes back to what the the point of the article is that like the the changing of your mind, your mindset. It's the okay. I have to be okay with spending my savings down a little bit because in reality, I'm going to be making more. Or not making more, but my income will be higher once I turn on Social Security a few years later. So it's okay to draw down on these accounts, but that mindset shift That's right. is so tough. I mean, think okay. about Social Security. I mean, if you, if you, have, a, if you have a burn rate, a, a spend rate every single month of, let's just say, $5,000, mm-hmm. and your Social Security is $3,000, that's a big percentage of what you need. Right. So wouldn't you want to make the best decision possible right. for that huge number? So yeah, that, 
it's important. Right. And I think you may, you were get, making another great point about how like if you take a look at everything before you're in it, you can kind of develop that strategy to really maximize your probability of success yeah. in retirement. Yeah. And I think that's important is that I forget who said this, but like there's working in, in your business and then there's working on your business. That's exactly And I think right. of like retirement that way. Like you can either just immediately go into it and then you're just working the grind every day in retirement or you can, before you go into it, take a step back and make sure you have everything figured out before you go in. That's really good. Um, we just talked about kind of the, the guaranteed income side of things between pensions and Social Security. What about the long-term growth side of things? So how do we – tip number four is balancing that that guaranteed income in yeah. retirement versus long-term growth in retirement. Yeah, so I think it's a huge, very big point, very big tip. Um, sometimes people don't have a pension, so they just have Social Security. But maybe it's not as large as they like it to be. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that whatever savings you have, and you know, you've, we've talked about it, John has talked about it on these episodes, Ryan has talked about it a whole bunch on these uh, after the paycheck episodes about having good balance and good asset allocation, yep. right? Having X amount of your percentage of your money in growth-oriented things, maybe mm-hmm. taking on some risk or why. Well, that money has to keep up with inflation. You're gonna live a long time, things are gonna cost more, you're gonna build a house you know, next year, it might even cost even more than it costs today. Right. So a portion of that money has to has to earn a good rate. But then people always wonder, you know, how much should I have in, in income sources? I think it's always a good idea to, you know, again, slow down and maybe in some cases work backwards. Yeah. So maybe you should sit down and, and, and figure out what you need for like, you know, non-negotiable expenses. When I say that, I mean like essential expenses, yep. you know, healthcare, housing, food. It's not right. like you're going to not eat for a month, right? <laughs> you need to eat. It's not like you're not going to pay your mortgage or your real estate tax. It's not like you're going to skip out paying your, you know, Medicare premium or your Blue Cross Blue Shield insurance premium. Right. So those are essential expenses. And whatever that number comes out to, again, working backwards, rather than saying, well, this much of my money should be in you know, geared towards income. Let's figure out what you need for income first. Right. Yeah, and, then t- yeah. and, then, and then say, well, this is what I have in savings, mm-hmm. and I'd like to make sure that a portion of my money, no matter what, is going to go taking care, is going to be able to take care of that essential expense. Yep. Then you want to take a look at your, you know, dis- discretionary expense, your luxury expenses, what, what, however you want to put it. How you want to live. How you want to live. Yeah. yeah, that's your travel, right. your hobbies. You know, maybe you play a lot of golf. Mm-hmm. Maybe you like to uh, sit on the beach and read, but you like to, you know, do it in a, in a tropical island. <laughs> so those are the things where that's your discretion. You know, with pandemic hitting, our, our discretionary income might have been set aside, but we didn't get to spend it. Right. right? So. Yeah. So you get my drift, mm-hmm. but that's how you determine what mix of assets you should have and, and, and where. And I think one of the, the biggest things that right now that people should be aware of, I, I don't know, was it me and you? We, we might have done a <clears throat> This Is Not Your Grandfather's Retirement episode. Yep. And I remember, I, I'll never forget, my father would always tell me, hey, Sam, you know, when you're working, it's okay to take on risk. You know, go, you know, buy 10 dividend-paying stocks and eventually over time everything will go up and you'll be fine. But when you stop working because you don't want to take on any risk, go and, you know, buy a five-year CD that earns, that pays 5% and you can use the interest <laughs> and you'll be fine, you know. Well, try getting a 
CD today. And, yeah. and we, we do get a fair amount of calls and, and people asking, well, you know, why? My bank is trying to screw me. You know, they're, they're paying so little, little yeah. and it's and it's but, that's not the case. And and just to clear the air, and the, and the reason being, right right now, there's just so much liquidity out there right now, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with the stimulus and, and the PPPs. I mean, some of these companies are having a having a party and a and a and a, and a field day on these PPP. Peace, because some companies, granted, they needed it. Right. But then there's a lot of companies that are kind of double dipping. You know, okay. they got the PPP, but they still have revenue. They're paying their employees. They're paying the rent. But now all of a sudden they have all this extra money, and it's actually going to the banks. Okay. So, so if you think about what banks or how banks make money, they make money really by doing one thing, loaning like the money Lending out. it. Right, yeah. Lending it. Yeah. Right? They, they pay you 2%. They charge me 3%, and they make the spread. Right. But for the first time in a long time, they actually have a surplus of deposits. That's what I mean by there's so much liquidity. So the only way for a bank to deal with that money, if they can't, they, if they have more and there's not that huge demand for, for a loan, or they've loaned it to everybody that needs a loan, right. they can either go and buy you know, treasuries, U.S. treasuries, you know, paying, I don't know, less than 1% right now. Yeah. Or they, in, in the banking world, they have what they call uh, uh, overnight Fed, Fed funds rate. Okay. That's like at you know point one. <laughs> so if they, if that's what they're making, that's why that's, the deposits are so low. Right. That's why the interest in your savings account is almost nothing. Okay. On your money market accounts is like almost nothing. Yeah. On your five year CD, you'd be lucky if you're getting two percent. Right. So we really need to rethink a strategy on how to keep your money safe, um, produce a safe income stream to mm-hmm. pay for your essential expenses. And, and that tip about the balance of guaranteed income and long-term growth, it, it's, it's difficult today. So that's, that's you know, another thing that you really need to sort of hone in on and just pay attention to. Okay, okay. So, again, another reason why you should probably speak with somebody to kind of discuss more yeah. about what those options are. Well, that's why we're doing these things, right? We're doing these videos to be educational and just right. be and, – and have people – oh, I didn't th- – I didn't think that was a problem, but I realized it's a problem today. Right. Yeah. And that's, like you said, like the purpose of these videos is to help people understand that before they get in it. Like we just talked about beforehand, like kind of like seeing everything before you yep. get there, I think is a big help for people that are on their way to retirement that are, you know, within that five-year window of getting ready to retire. Just putting up those like, hey, don't forget about this or that or the other thing kind of a thing. Um, tip number five is something that you and I have talked about a while ago. We haven't talked about in a while is like longevity is there, there's... People, I think of certain family members. Mine, they're like, I'm going to be dead at 70, so I don't have to worry about this. Yeah. I'm like, I'll what be happens dead when you make it care. to 72? <laughs> like, and then, you know, and then you're relying on your, you know, your your <clears throat> children to kind of prop you up for the rest of your life. And not that I want to say that it's unfair or whatever, because it's a, a family thing. But it's it's something that I think that people don't consider. It's like, oh, like you said, I'm oh, I'm going to be long gone by then. And then what happens if you're not? You're in, tr- you're in trouble if you had that first plan. You know, yeah. it'll be fine. To, but I don't care what happens after age 80 or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, we all know somebody that's lived a long life. My mm-hmm. parents, both in their 90s, I, I can name on and on about people that I know, not that I heard, but people that I actually know that have lived to 100. Wow. So your longevity could be easily in retirement, you know, t- a third of your life, 20, mm-hmm. 30, 35 years. Um, and it, it's really important to know that your savings is going to support you. And, and one of the things that everyone that's watching this video should 
should think about doing is just testing your savings. Is it good? How long is it going to last? Right. Right. If it's not going to last 100, when is it going to dry up? That way, you know, sort of, and you can gauge it either. I got to work longer. I got to save more. Right. I got to spend less. Whatever the case may be. Uh, but hopefully, you've done a decent job saving enough money that's going to last you a whole, you know a long time. But back to that, again, going with the pensions. If everybody watching this video had a pension and their pension was you know twice as much as what they needed to spend, right. you know you don't have a problem. Right. Very few people. Very few people can say that. Right. So we want to make sure that you know again going to tip number three, choosing the right Social Security. Tip mm -hmm. number four, understanding having a good balance between growth and and guaranteed sources of income. You just gotta like massage and, and, and do those numbers correctly so you do have enough income for the rest of your life to, and for longevity. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's creating your own pension. Um, what, what has the industry done that's really, and, and this has sort of been, it was talked about a lot at the beginning. I think it was in 2014, the IRS came out with something called QLAC. Qualified, I wrote it down here, qualified longevity annuity contracts. And some people, some companies came out as called longevity insurance. They're like, oh, why would I need that? But if you, if you actually looked into it, and I'm not saying it's a great deal, but to address somebody's worry about living too long, it's actually not a bad thing. And, right. and it, the IRS basically allowed you to take 25% of your IRA, so your 401ks, no more than in today's dollars, $130,000. You take that out of your savings, you set it aside to this QLAC, okay. and that money is not subject to required minimum distribution. Okay. And I read somewhere that if you did it with a million dollars, excuse me, not a million dollars, $100,000, let me get that right, $100,000 <laughs> at age 60, okay. by the time you were age 85, you could start taking out about a little bit more than fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay, uh, you don't know. You only put away a hundred grand, but at oh, eighty-five geez. years yeah. old, you can take out fifty thousand dollars a year, and that's guaranteed for the rest of your life. Okay, so that's where that term longevity insurance came about. Okay, and it just really goes towards addressing people living too long. And again, it's not it's not suggesting you know every it's a great idea for everybody. Right. But if you don't have a pension, you have some, you have decent savings, but you're worried about is it going to last forever? You know, that's that's just an avenue, an option to take a look at. Um, and it was good enough for the government to create that, and the IRS to say, hey, look, we'll give you a little tax break if you yep. do it this way. So they're really encouraging the, the 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 American population to really take you know retirement by the by the horns, right? But bow by the horns, and and you know just do what's right for you. The Secure Act kind of did a little bit, not in the same sense that you're saying with the longevity risk, but the hey, we're pushing back our RMDs because we realize people are living longer, right? Security, uh, the Security Act, the Secure Act did two things. One, it pushed back the RMDs from age 70 and a half to age 72, yep. but it also made every employer in America on that 401k statement basically tell you in in a in a way that looks a little bit like Social Security. Okay. And I said, if you took this option and put it into guaranteed income options, it's going to pay you X amount of dollars for awesome. the rest of your life. That way you can actually visually see, hey, you know what? I got 500 grand in this 401k. It sounds great. But holy, you know, hold on a second. This 500,000 is only going to create, you know, $1,938 a month for the rest of my life. Well, I need $4,000 a month. Right, right. So it's, it's, it really puts 
I don't want to say the burden on on the on the consumer, but at least you know what you need to well, do. Well, I was going to say it kind of. I don't want to say simplifies, but like it's kind of again what the purpose of this show is is to kind of put into plain language. Yeah. Like, hey, easy to understand things. Like, hey, if this happens, then this happens. Like you said, if I have five hundred thousand dollars, you're like, oh, I think that's a lot of money. But if you actually annuitize that and break it down monthly, oh, it's only X amount, and I need. Y amount in order to make ends meet. And yeah. all of a sudden you realize that there's a gap there. Yeah, there's a gap. Oh, speaking of gap, let's actually, let's send people to that. So on afterthepaycheck.com, if you go on the right-hand side, there's a helpful worksheets uh, button there. Click on that and you can actually grab our income gap worksheet finder. It's kind of like a budget thing. It, it goes over what you talked about earlier. You can write down what your essential expenses are and what your like lifestyle expenses are, what you enjoy doing. It's pretty good. Simple, straightforward. We use it all the time for our clients and it's helpful. It's a helpful tool. Yeah, you've reached out to me a couple of times to ask me to help you. Have I need a lot of help. To, to, to some people. But, <laughs> I call you daily for but help. That's what I know. <laughs> to Adam by the tech guy as well. Um, no, but I it, it, again, you we were mentioning it. I'm like, oh, that's actually something that we should, if you're not already there at afterthepaycheck.com, go grab that because it's just a simple little calculator that kind of help you figure out or at least get started in that direction of at least let me think about what my expenses yeah, are. And if stuff. that gap is there, if yeah. I need to figure something out or sit down and talk to somebody a little bit more uh, articulately about what I'm working on and what I need in retirement. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I, this was great. Uh, I thought this article was really well done. I liked um, it. Yeah. That you th- did a great job. Well uh, done. Th- uh, thank you. I didn't write the article, but I'll take the credit <laughs> for it. <laughs> well, you found it. I did find it. <laughs> uh, if you have any questions uh, based on whatever we talked about today or about other retirement planning considerations that you have or questions that you have about retirement, feel free to head over to afterthepaycheck.com if you're not already there and fill out the form on the bottom of the page. Until next time, take care. of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. Rabino and Lang Wealth Partners, LLC, and Retirement Wealth Advisors are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Insurance and annuities offered through licensed professionals of RNL Insurance Agency LLC, Mass Insurance License 1783398.